Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. Ten out of ten people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. How the heck are you? I have missed you guys so much. Over the last few weeks, I've been traveling. I've been in Boise. I've been all over the place. I'm going to Phoenix. We have the event at our house in two weeks. My life is pure madness, so I'm sorry I haven't connected with you over the last week very much, uh, but it's all going to be worth it because of the conversation I'm going to have today with uh, my new buddy, Sam Pillar. Now, some of you might not know Sam, but I bet a lot of you know his company. He's the founder of Jobber. Jobber is one of the fastest growing, most popular CRM systems for home service companies. Uh, I've been really wanting to connect with him and just kind of learn his entrepreneurial story. Uh, I've just been like eating popcorn watching from afar, and they have really, really great software they have an amazing team and they're growing like a rocket ship so sam how the heck are you thanks for taking some time hey josh i'm doing really really well uh thanks for having me on the show i'm pumped to have you on the show i'm you know i i have a one foot in one world and my other foot in a software world so i came out of home service i had a company for 10 years uh, but then I started doing software, which is so tricky. Oh my gosh, we could talk for an hour about that. I've, I've had lots of figuring that, that out, uh, and I'm still figuring it out. But so I have like this, like connection to home services. Now, I don't know your backstory, but can you tell us how this even happened? I mean, how in the world are you selling software to thousands of people that have, you know, window cleaning companies and carpet <laughs> cleaning? Take us and give us some context. Yeah, for sure. No, happy, happy to, to tell you a little bit about the story and I'll try not to, to ramble on too, too much. But, um, you know, like I, I think, you know, a lot, what I, what I love about the space that we're in is that everybody is connected to it in some way. I mean, you, you started and grew, um, like a, a window cleaning company. Um, is, is that right? Was it a window yep. cleaning company? Yeah. And, yeah. And pressure washing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And pressure washing. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, that that's one of the dozens of industry verticals that would be sort of, you know, grouped under home services. Um, and then that's what we serve. So we've got lots of, of customers in those industries, but, you know, landscaping and lawn care and, and, you know, residential cleaning and plumbers and HVAC electricians, it's just a huge, huge, group um, is connected to it in some way everybody knows somebody who works in those industries or or works in those industries themselves um, it's a huge portion of, of small business um, in in North America we're, we're located in Canada but obviously you know the US is a huge market for us uh, a lot of our customers are, are there um, it, it's just a it's a it's a big part of the the backbone of, of the economy um, and it's you know we're really proud to be active in in, in that space and, and sort of you know doing something to to help these kinds of businesses do more with less and 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 be be be, be productive contributors to the economy overall so um, I, I personally um, you know I, I, I didn't ever start or grow a home service business. Um, I worked for a landscaping company back in high school uh, in the summers. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, after university, I, 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 you know, I've been computer self-described computer nerd my entire life. I taught myself to program when I was quite young. 
went to university for computer science, but ended up graduating with a, um, a business degree. Uh, I worked as a management consultant for a couple of years after after school, and I, I really didn't like that. Uh, I missed computers and I, I and programming, and so um, in the mid two mid to late two thousands, I, I started getting uh, sort of you know back involved in in what was going on there, and learning about some of the technologies that were that were coming up, and um, and and that just sort of gradually over the course of, of a year or two um, morphed into um, you know working on a couple of, of small little contracts, um, uh, and eventually sort of turned into a, a freelance practice. I, I, I sort of full-time was a freelance software developer. And I, I worked on um, a, a couple of uh, projects initially for not-for-profit organizations and, and small businesses. Um, and, a, and a couple of the, the small contracts that I worked on were, were for uh, home small home service businesses to help them solve some some problems that were just very specific to to their businesses and um, and it, it was a really interesting sort of you know it was it was years um, sort of you know later but it was interesting how it sort of reconnected me to to you know working in the in the field and actually spending time you know pushing pushing mowers and, and pulling shrubs and uh, um, and and that experience um, you know really sort of reignited or, or sort of you know reshone the light on 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 home services and, and small business in particular um, and some of the problems that, uh, that that those kinds of businesses were you know facing and and you know you got to remember this is uh, <clears throat> 2008 2009. Um, ancient history in technology terms. If you if you think back to 2008 and the, the phone you were using and the computer you were using and just what your technology environment looked like, um, it was very different than than it is today. Um, only 10 years ago, I think it's actually the 10 year anniversary of, of the iPhone, I believe. So, wow. um, you know that, that's that's sort of like a, a well, most, good sort most of software was software even moving to the cloud at that time i knew i know that it it could have but it was really early even in building a, a saas style company wasn't it absolutely i mean there there were certainly saas products out there early saas products but um, a lot of the conversations and and you know kind of like like cloud being sort of part of the the, the standard you know parlance uh, was something that that happened after that that period of time for sure but you know i think you know things like like gmail and facebook like these are these are saas based um, you know, products, they're, they're, you know, products that are, that are, you know, primarily engaged with and used, um, over the internet through, through a web browser. Um, but that's not really how people were thinking about it back then, right? It was, it was a different, uh, it was a sort of different world entirely. And there was, um, especially in field service management, which is the name of the category. Now, most people in, in these industries they don't think of themselves as field service businesses, right? Like right. you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a landscaping company or you're a window cleaning pressure washer company. Like you're, you're, you're sp sort of specific to your, your industry. You don't think of yourselves as, as FSMs, but, um, back in that day, there were, um, some FSM products, um, that were, you know, desktop based, like they, you would, you yep. would buy it on the internet and download it or, or they'd send you a CD. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people were just freaked out to put stuff on the cloud or upload their customer list because it was like their prized jewel. And now it's normal. But at the time I remember very clearly everybody like arguing about that. And is that a good idea? And it, there's so many benefits and now it's just the standard. But, and by the yep. way, I call these people blue collar entrepreneurs. Like I, to me that embodies it, you know, it's like you can become a millionaire working on a home service business, but you might have a little dirt under your fingernail type of thing, you know? Um, it's Absolutely. A, and it is the backbone. These are my people, yeah. Sam. These are my people. For, for sure. So with, were you the stereotypical, like 
entrepreneurial minded person or were you just more the analytical programmer that saw a problem and, and, what, and thought it would be really fun to, to try to fix it? Uh, had you started businesses pre previous to, to Jobber? Um, you know, like I think a little, a little from column A and a little from column B. I, I hadn't started um, any businesses prior to Jobber, but I had worked for several years as a freelance software developer. And so, you know, in doing that, I needed to, to think about, um, you know, getting, getting business and, and, you know, managing my time and, and trying to figure out how to, uh, um, you know, how, how to make enough money to survive uh, while doing the work and, and, and finding sort of the next piece of work that would be coming down the, down the pipe. So, um, you know, I, and, and, you know, I had some business training at, at university, although, you know, I think, you know, could, could take it or leave it to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, you know, there, there's really no substitute for, for just like anything for, for actually rolling up your sleeves and, and doing it and gaining experience and, and learning that way. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was, it was a, a combination of, of the two, you know, I, I definitely had that, um, that sort of analytical, um, sort of creative drive, uh, to, to build things, um, and solve problems. Um, and I think that's where, where, um, you know, the, the, the blurring of lines happens between business building. Um, it's, it's really about solving problems. And if you can sort of, you know, find a group of people whose problem you can solve really well, um, you know, and, and make that a compelling value proposition, you can, you can have them pay for, for that and, uh, and build a business out of it. And I think those, those two things kind of, you know, happened in, in, you know, simultaneously sort of in, in, I wouldn't, I won't call it perfect coordination, but, uh, with, with enough coordination that we were able to kind of get things off the ground, um, in sort of, you know, 2010, 2011, which is around the time that I met my, my co-founder Forrest, um, and, uh, yeah, we kept running into each other in, in coffee shops. We were both freelance, uh, software developers at the time. Um, and that was an obvious fact, uh, you know, we kept seeing each other on, on computers with black screens of code on it. And it was just, <laughs> you guys very, were just nerding out in the coffee shop, just getting all nerdy, exactly. drinking some coffee, sling, <laughs> what do you say? Slinging code. That's another code, developer yeah, sure. phrase that I've heard. See, I'm not a developer. I'm just the maniac entrepreneur guy. I, like I see all this opportunity. I, I think big. I, I always joke that I, I'm the guy that jumps off the cliff and builds the plane on the way down, which probably would stress <laughs> someone like you out to the core, right? But, I mean, going back to the early days with you and Forrest, did you guys realize what type of a rocket ship you were going to create? Did you see yourself, you know, scaling as fast as you are and having – how many people are on your team at Jobber? I mean, you guys have – it seems to me like you're growing really quickly, uh, yeah. Was that always the plan or did it just kind of evolve as you went? Yeah, you know, I, I think t to be honest, um, you know, I don't think we we did fully understand in, in the early days sort of, you know, what what this could be. It, it developed over time and it's still developing today. We, like we're early days. We, we are um, this is a meaningfully sized business. Um, you know, we're we're. We're, we're helping, um, you know, many tens of thousands of people all over the world. Um, you know, one, one metric that I can that I can share is is that, um, you know, the businesses that use Jobber are delivering in excess of three billion dollars worth of services to their customers annually. Um, it's a it's a you know it's it's a it's a real <laughs> thing at this point. But it but it's still very early days. We're still um, just getting started. Uh, there, there, you know, we think there are some, something in the neighborhood of two and a half to 3 million businesses 
um, in North America that that we could be helping, and we want to help all of them. Um, you know, we're 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 nowhere near two and a half to three million today, and so um, we're we're a team of um, you know about 120 people between between our offices in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and uh, and Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada, and. Uh, um, and growing very, very quickly and, and um, will we'll continue to, to grow. But uh, early days, I mean, you know, it's, it's 2018 now. I mean, by, by some uh, measures, you know, that's, that's uh, not a very long time. And by others, it's actually a very long time. And in, in the startup world, um, it's, a, it's a significant amount of time. Uh, the early days, 20, 2011, 2012, 2013, um, it was pretty slow going. It was just Forrest and I. Um, it took us, you know, quite a while to to to, to sort of find some some early capital for the business, uh, and we did that pretty pretty slowly. Um, and we added to the team pretty slowly in the early days as well. And I actually think that um, you know that is is an important part of the story for us because we're a venture backed startup. We have we have venture venture capital investors. Um, and and we are uh, a high growth startup. We we operate that way. Um, but but we started um, from we were bootstrapped in the early days, and we started from the perspective of just really focusing on our customers. Our, our earliest customer, um, Graham Audenart, he he w- owns a company called Painters Enterprise. He was our first customer. He's still a customer today. Um, you know, sort of deep friend of the company at this point. Um, he and our other sort of first customers, we spent a ton of time with um, just really trying to understand their business, trying to understand their, their challenges and their problems and, and focusing all of our energy on, on solving those things rather than just, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to make money so that we could go uh, raise money um, and then, you know, spend that money, that, that, that capital super aggressively to just do the, the things that we were doing to, 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 to make money instead of making money. We were focusing on solving problems. Um, and I, and I think the the because we we approached it that way, it took us a little bit longer um, than than it does you know a typical venture backed startup in the valley, for instance, um, who you know in the, it seems like in the same week can sort of like you know form, found, incorporate, uh, and raise you know a, a five million dollar seed round of funding or something I, it like that. It stresses me um, out even thinking about that. Like I think about venture stuff and all that, and like oh my gosh, but. I, I hear you loud and clear. Like the whole tone of job or all the people I've met, it doesn't, fe- you guys really don't feel like a typical venture backed thing. It's different. And I think it's really cool yeah. that you put in the work uh, in the early days to really understand the problems that you're solving rather than just focus on selling more stuff <coughs> and scale so you can be a unicorn and sell it for a gajillion dollars. Um, not that that's like wrong. It's just better for the customer the way that you guys have done it. And maybe this is a good transition point to talk a little bit about why, first of all, why a CRM is the most important piece of software that every small business has to have. It's like the foundation of your company. Uh, a lot of people don't even have them, Sam, believe it or not. Yeah. It's, it breaks my yeah. brain. I don't know how they, they function. <laughs> but, you know, customer relationship management, explain at the basic level what a CRM and a CRM is and why it's the most important piece of software. Then we can talk about um, why Jobber is, you know, solving those problems better than anybody else. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, it's funny. I, I, I would say that actually, if you are a home service business, 
um, whether you're using software or not, you you have a CRM. Um, you know, you you just sort of use the define the acronym. You know, customer relationship management software, or client relationship management software. Um, the the software part is actually not part of the the, the algorithm, and we see so many businesses. Um, they have a CRM. Their CRM is a coil-bound notebook stuffed with post-it notes and loose-leaf pieces of paper. <laughs> That's a good point. Invoices. That's their CRM, and and it's it's unstructured data. Um, there's 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 no way to to search. There's no reminders. There's there's nothing that allows you to um, sort of get in front of and get ahead of the the, the service that you're delivering to your to your customers. It's it's very much. Um, sort of like a, a, a bare minimum, like, you know, I, I, I at least am able to leaf through this thing and find the phone number of the customer. Um, you know, I forgot to service yesterday because I just don't have. Because <laughs> it's a sticky with. note on the dashboard yeah. of my truck. That is so good. I It's funny that you say this because uh, I'm obsessed with systems. Like half of what I talk about is systems and how to, you know, automate and systemize your business. But I always tell people that they already have a fully systemized business. They just don't realize it's not documented. No one knows what the heck's going on. The systems are broken. They don't work. They don't serve you well. So that, I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. And the systems, they need to change, right? Like one thing that we see sometimes is, you know, uh, like a, an ambitious kid, um, you know, graduates from, from high school and he's like, I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a lawn care business. Like I, I want to work for myself. Um, you know, I've got, I've got the tenacity. I've got the, 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 the go getter attitude um and, and i'm going to do this thing and the first thing that they do is they they go look for an app to to, to download to, to run their business um and that's kind of backwards like the first thing you need to do is is get a customer right get a customer and learn about about the service that you're going to provide and and what resonates and how to do customer service and if you've got if you've got a post-it note on your dashboard with the name and the phone com- number of, of that one customer that's fine that's your system, and that's probably all you need at that moment. But as soon as you scale to two customers and four customers and eight customers, your system needs to change. <laughs> and you need to start you know, building efficiencies and, and you know, getting ahead of, of that, that growth. And a lot of people don't think that you know, four or eight customers, that that's a lot of growth. That's, <clears throat> that's double, right? You're doubling uh, you know, what you're used to doing. Um, and the cognitive load and the, the burden on your brain as a person who's doing this work to make sure you're staying on top of communicating effectively with your customers, uh, you know, invoicing them in time or at all. In some cases, we <laughs> see that a lot where people just like forget to invoice. And it's like, you know, every month you're going to not collect three or $400 because, you know, the old, the carbon copy or the sheet of paper or the post-it note fell on the floor of the truck <laughs> and you got kicked out when you got out. Like it's, right. it's, it happens, right? Yeah. So, oh, um, totally, man. I lived that. Yeah, so, I lived that for a year and a half, two years when I started. <laughs> I was the guy. That's why I'm, my heart breaks for them. If they only knew how awesome they can leverage technology, it, they get, for, that's why the SaaS model serves people well. Like software as a service, right? They literally get to use your multi, multi, multi million dollar, everything thought through front to back system for like a few bucks a month. Back in the day, only enterprise level companies would, you know, custom build all these systems for themselves. And the little guy, it was just sticky note universe. Like that was the way it was. Like that's why there's so much opportunity. It's insane. These little companies can, can be operating at the highest level of professionalism, even when they're really small still. It's amazing. Sorry, I I got passionate. No, that's a that's a great point. I mean, and, and that's something that we that we focus on a, a lot at Jobber is. I mean, our 
our like the reason that we exist as a company is 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 to make the people in small business more successful. Like we want to make you more successful. Like if you own a home service business, the, the, that like full stop. That's the only reason that 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 we are a company. And I, and you know like we if we do a good job of that. Um, and we build a great team who who really takes care of our customers and builds amazing stuff. Then we're going to have a really successful business as well. And that's that's what's what's happened uh, for us so far. But a big part of you know like making you successful as a home service business is is just making you look awesome. You know if you're if you're a three or a four person you know business running a you know you're a landscaping company or a cleaning business, window cleaning, pressure washing, whatever you're doing. You, yeah, to your point, you can look like a hundred person business um, that, that, you know, just is really professional and really has their shit together and inspire a lot of confidence um, in the eyes of, of your customers by leveraging technology and using systems like Jobber that can 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 really allow you to focus on on the thing that you do best, which is which is the work um, and automate away a lot of the stuff that that, you know, is is you know, maybe distracting from the, the, the core of what you need to do, but is also super important to, to having a business, right? Like communicating with your customers, keeping them in the loop, giving them, you know, access to information that they need, um, you know, when they need it through things like, you know, our, our client hub is a great example of, of, of something that allows you to, without having to lift a finger, put an interface in front of your customers that allows them to request work, pay their invoices, see a history of, you know, what you've done for them, um, you know, th- those are, those are really important, uh, you know, forums, uh, to, to, to be able to provide your, your customers these days. They're expect, they're expected, like the, the expectation That's on behalf right. of consumers is, is, is changing now. And, yes. and you, you kind of, you know, it's, you, you look better for sure, but, but we're, we're very quickly sort of transitioning into, um, you know, a period where, uh, it's not just about looking better. It's about meeting the expectations. It's of about the- actually being better and looking better for sure. The, the favorite phrase that you said so far on our call was when you used the phrase cognitive load. And like I wrote, I wrote that down because that's so epic. But you're right. When they're trying to hold it all together, it's all in their brain. They get stressed out. They don't do any of the little minutia things that they. It feels not important in the moment when you're overwhelmed. But it's actually the difference between the multi-million dollar companies, the nuance, the detail, the perceived yep. value, the follow-up, the engagement, the making it easy for people to give you money, all that stuff. Um, but you can automate all of it. So this is perfect to talk about, like. I didn't know about your client interface thingy, but what are some other things that your CRM has that are super cool that we can nerd out about um, that makes you guys <laughs> better than everybody else? What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that um, to my point earlier, like, you know, we, we just really focus on making you look awesome um, and, and not just making you. But I mean. <laughs> no, it's not just an optics thing. Like you look awesome because you are awesome, right? If we provide you um, with with, uh, with 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 tooling and a platform um, that that makes it easy for you to do your job and make sure that you're in the right place at the right time, um, you know, with the with the right equipment, providing uh, the right service, um, and you know, following up very quickly and making sure that the customer has um, you know good access to information and can pay their their their, their bill. Um, in a, in a, a really easy way, then you're going to look awesome. And so, you know, all, all of our, our product development is is really kind of focused around those those areas, the the interface between you and your customers. So now, obviously, you know, Jobber is a it's a business management system. It handles 
you know, all of the day-to-day stuff that you need to worry about from, you know, quoting and estimating, um, you know, job management and dispatching your crews, um, you know, scheduling, making sure that, you know, people have access uh, to, to the information they, they need, uh, you know, throughout the day from our mobile app, uh, invoicing and billing, time tracking payments, like all, all, of, all, of, all of that stuff. Um, but I think one of the thing that, things that's really powerful about, about Jobber, um, especially compared to just sort of like a regular old CRM, and a lot of people will use, you know, like, I mean, home services aren't, aren't typically using something like Salesforce, which is a big enterprise CRM, but that's probably the best example of a pure CRM. Um, there are other examples of, of um, you know, platforms like um, like QuickBooks, for instance, where, you know, you can keep, you know, track your customer list and do your invoicing and, and accounting in the back end. That's that's a little bit more sort of CRM-y. What's, what's really unique about, about Jobber relative to, to to those kinds of platforms is that we we pull in the the scheduling and the provision of work like everything really you know the the center of the universe should be your customer and the work that you're providing for your customer and everything else hangs off of that so um, you know whatever in, other information that you're that you're, you're tracking in your in your business um, whether it be sort of you know the the quote that ultimately um, resulted in the job that was being provided or whether it be you know sort of notes and information um, that's collected by the tech in the field um, you know about the job like maybe maybe you're 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 you know leaving the job and uh, and your 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 tech runs over a shrub on on their way pulling out of the driveway um, if you can take a picture of that and make a note of it make sure that in the back office before the invoice is being sent there's a there's like a discount applied and a, and a, and a note that says hey you know really you know apologize for for this like we we, we ran over your shrub or whatever you like you take ownership of that uh, that that mistake in advance um, you you turn you know what could be potentially a pretty antagonistic situation um, into positively a, a positive situation with, with the customer who's um, you know going to really appreciate that you took ownership of that um, and and all of that kind of information that kind of structured information um, you know hangs off of or or is related to the the, the the provisioning of the job, like actually doing 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 the work. So so that's and and then obviously the invoicing and, and billing and, and collecting payments and all the cash flow and reporting that that happens around that um, is super important. You don't get to, you don't get to have a successful business without it. Um, but it all is connected together in a in a unified workflow within within Jobber, and that's um, that's really hard to build uh, in a in a way that is easy to use and works well. Um, you know, the quality of, of the software that, uh, uh, that, that we've built and are building, um, because that's an important point as well. Like we are, um, we're a product company. We have um, brilliant engineers and product people who are, are actively building our stuff. So we're not, we didn't like build some software and now it's like, you know, we like brush our hands. It's like all done here. Um, <laughs> well, that's like, another like, benefit of the SaaS model is the fact that you're continuously making it better and adding cool stuff into it. And that's why that works. Back in the day, exactly. you have to pay a whole nother fee to get the next version of it and then pay it again to get the next version of it. Um, that's right. That's and you mentioned reporting. Like the, I work with so many people, uh, Sam. I've had over a thousand calls with small home service companies, 
and they're really bad. They struggle at understanding their metrics, their KPIs, the data. They're not real good at that, not because they couldn't be. It's because uh, they're overwhelmed, probably because they're doing a lot of these things manually or maybe they're in sticky note, you know, prison or whatever. Um, but how important <laughs> is that? And I guess the main question I'm getting to is like, what are some of the common mistakes you see among your users, among people who are struggling or maybe users that, that sign up and their business isn't working and then they unsign up? I know that you have a lot of data because you have thousands and thousands of customers. <laughs> what are some of the common mistakes people make uh, in terms of running their business in general from your perspective? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good point. I think, you know, re reporting, um, you know, really like, you know, re reporting is only as, as valuable as, as what you do with it. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's, I'm going to get it wrong, but there's like a, a saying something about like, you can't change what you can't measure. Um, you know, you, you really have to be able to, um, you know, have a look at the data, have a look at what you're, what you're doing, um, and, and, you know, what the resultant outcome of, of what you're doing is and look for opportunities to, um, to, to optimize and tune, or sometimes to just like, you know, change entirely the approach that, that, that you're taking to, um, you know, a, a certain part of, of your business. And I think, you know, one of the, I think there's like an Abraham Lincoln quote, something about, you know, give me, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. Yes. Um, I think, I think like, you know, you really have to, you've got to spend time sharpening the ax. I think this shows up, um, you know, a lot in entrepreneurial circles as like, you know, this, this idea of you've got to work, um, you know, on the business and not just in the business. Um, you know, that, that, that principle I think is, is really important, um, to understand, but it's, it's really hard to actually, um, execute against because like people in small businesses, people in home services in particular are so busy. If you're a, you know, if you're, if you're a one or two person shop, you probably think like, oh, you know, getting to 10 people is going to be, is going to be amazing. We'll be big then getting to 20 people will be amazing. We'll be big then. And I'll have time to spend, you know, working on the business, not just in the business. And I think people who get to 10 or get to 20, um, oftentimes find that that's, that's not the case. There's just, there's more on your plate. There's more, um, urgent stuff that comes up every day that you need to be focused on and, and really being able to, to, to understand the difference between, what's urgent and what's important um, and make sure that you're, 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 you're earmarking enough of your time to focus on what's important um, is a, is a, is a mistake that, that I see a lot of people making. Um, and it's, it's tough because you, you need to, you need, <laughs> you need to do both. You need to do what's urgent. You need to respond to, you know, that, that angry customer that is, that is, you know, calling about a problem um, and you need to go fix that problem. Like that is, that is number one, you know, most important, thing for, for you to do as a small business owner, um, you know, you, you need to manage those, those customer relationships and, and, and turn those people into, uh, into evangelists to do whatever it takes. Obviously there's limits. Some people can't be, <laughs> can't be pleased. And, and that's just the way it is. You need to, to move on. But generally speaking, um, you know, it's really important. And those, those things are always categorized as urgent and, when you're running that kind of business, um, there, there is, you know, no shortage of those kinds of issues, but, uh, it creates an environment where it's really difficult to, to focus on what's important and to, to sharpen the ax and to make sure that you're, that you're taking that time. Um, re reporting is a, is, you know, like spending time with your reporting and really, 
um, you know, trying to understand what, what the business looks like, you know, take a step back and, and just, you know, really kind of take a broader view um, of what it looks like is, is one way to do that. But there's, there's lots of other, um, you know, ac- activities and, and things that small business owners um, and operators, you know, should be spending their time on with respect to, you know, what's, what's important, you know, tr- training and, and, and focusing on people development is, is, is really important as, as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'd say that's, that's, that's one big mistake. The, the other big mistake I think, um, we see a lot is it's just not adequately valuing your time, uh, or assuming that it's free. I think a lot of business owners, um, they, they build a mental model about their, their business, uh, that includes, um, sort of like a, a column where like, you know, their, their time or their labor is, is, is free. You don't have to pay for it necessarily. And, and therefore it's free. And that's a huge mistake. You should, you should value your time as the business owner, as the most precious asset in the entire company. Um, and, and it, it actually can be really helpful to attach a number to that, um, a hundred dollars an hour, $500 an hour, um, you know, be, be pretty sort of over the top about it because it forces you, um, to really think about how you're using every hour of your time during the day and, and ask the hard question, like, is this the most important use of my time right now? Um, and, uh, and so many small business owners, they just assume that their time is free. Um, and, you know, and they, they, they use that and the, and obviously I've got a bit of a bias here around software. Like we have that conversation, um, on, on our customer facing teams with customers all the time where it's like, you know, the, the, the price of the software is, is an issue and it's, you know, it really, uh, is not an issue. I mean, the amount of, of time that, that something like Jobber can save you in a, in a month, um, pays for itself, you know, tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold, depending on on sort of how well um, you you implement the software and integrate it into your into your workflows. It's going to give you more time, and it's and if you're valuing your time at you know a hundred dollars an hour or two or five hundred dollars an hour, and, and you should, um, you know, the, the the return on that investment is is absolutely significant, and uh, and and in some cases is the thing that can help you get to the next level. Wow, I have a lot to say there, man. You're getting me fired up over here, but you're right. I, I teach that sales and marketing is a foundational cornerstone of everything because I see a lot of people that will buy fancy equipment and they'll go spit shine their work truck and they'll do everything they could possibly do other than go actually get customers. <laughs> but once you start getting customers, you got to have you know your data organized in a CRM. You got to understand your numbers. I see people, they just get confused on what to do and what order to do it. That's what I see time and time again. There's no lack of effort. Like these people are out there grinding and working, but the problem is, is they don't understand that effort is, does not necessarily create momentum. You can, mm-hmm. you can have a car in neutral and slam your foot on the gas all you want and run around like a circus monkey. I also tell people to do the very exercise that you just said. That's so awesome. I tell people to make a list of every single thing they do and attach a dollar amount to it and then get rid of everything on the list except for the really expensive stuff. And I consider sales and marketing to be a, you know at least a $500 an hour task for a home service company. I love yep. it. It's like so congruent. I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And you know, I wanted to ask you too, uh, as I respect your time here and we get ready to wrap up, just about you as a leader. I mean, you have 120 people. You're a, a you're a big time CEO guy with your venture people, <laughs> and you got your Canadian offices. You didn't envision this happening when you're in the coffee shop. Like your organizational chart has got all kinds of layers and crazy stuff on it, and like 
it's you're kind of learning as you go. Although I know it's been like eight years, like it's a gradual process. How important is company culture at Jobber? Because I just want to throw out there to our listeners that like the reason I pushed so hard to talk to you was number one, your software is amazing. Uh, Send Jim did an integration with it, which is really cool too. But when I met the people that work for you, they're awesome. They're fun. They're full of life. It felt different. It didn't feel like some big, huge, megalithic thing. Like, And I know that that comes from top-down leadership. I know that that has to be one of your focuses. You didn't just accidentally get these people uh, to buy in. <laughs> talk about culture. Talk about culture today with a big organization and when there is like seven of you in kind of in the middle and what you've learned as a leader yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big question and and probably one of uh, one of my favorite things to talk about. <clears throat> I think you know first of all um, they don't they don't work for me they work for for you they work for your listeners they work for um, the the people in small business and I think that is that is a, a small uh, but but really critical turn on on sort of you know this idea of of having a job and and you know working for for a company. I think you know we're yeah we're a venture backed startup we're a business. We're not a not-for-profit. Like we, you know, all of the things that are true of of, of a business um, and, and, a, and a real business are true of us. And we've got big ambitions. Like we want to build um, a billion-dollar business. This is a this you know the, the market is huge. Um, there's lots of opportunity here. We want to go get it. Um, but our, our our people are the most important part of the of the company. I'm a huge believer that. Um, you know, a company is 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 a combination of of an organization and a business, and and you know the, you can have um, a very successful business. Uh, and I think there are lots of contemporary examples, and I'm not going to name any, but but there are lots of examples of businesses that are terrible organizations. They're broken. Um, the people that that are are part of it are are you know not proud to be a part of it, or or in the worst case, you know, ashamed of it. Um, they're they're not you know passionate about what they're actually doing. They they don't care about what they're contributing towards and, and the vision of the, of the, of the thing that they're a part of. <clears throat> and, and that's, that's terrible. That's a really, um, you know, terrible situation to, to be in, even if the business is wildly successful. Uh, I really believe that the focusing on organization building and trying to build something that, um, that people are, are passionate about, um, you know, they, they really give a shit about what they're contributing towards, um, and, and therefore, you know, contribute to and, and evolve a culture, um, that is, that is pointed in the same direction. And that has the, the full force of the, you know, the, the, the combined energy of the people that are involved, that is, is really powerful. And, and, you know, nine times out of 10 results in a really successful business as well. So, um, so like focusing on, on the organization, focusing on building, um, you know, a really strong culture, uh, you know, that, that's stuff that I, that I, I, I believe very deeply in. And I think that, um, you know, for, for, for us, that's, that, you know, we've got the, I, I talked about it up, up front, um, you know, at the start of the call, you know, we've got the opportunity to be servicing um, small home service businesses that make up uh, a, that touch 
pretty much everyone's lives. You know, you like everyone either is in these industries, knows somebody in these industries, you know, is serviced by people in these industries. It's it's ubiquitous and universal. Um, and we're not saving lives here at Jobber, right? Like it's not we're not um, you know inventing new medical technology or or you know doing things that are that are saving lives, but we are having. Uh, an impact on on the world, uh, absolutely 100%. And the people that we bring into the company to help us um, drive towards our, our our mission get that and are excited about it and want to contribute towards it and are, are really proud of, of being part of it. And I think for for me as CEO, the probably the the most important lesson there is that um, you 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 can't. It's like a carrot and a stick thing, I guess. Like you, you, you can't just create that because you, because you want to, and because you are gonna, you know, fight for it. Um, <laughs> you, you have to create the conditions and and create the environment um, for for people to 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 get there on their own uh, and to 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 really. Um, you know, see the importance of what they're doing and and develop and, and generate a, a passion for it uh, because they believe in it, not because they're being told to. Oh, it's so good. Man, that was gold. You're dropping firebombs on us over here. But you're right. You can't be a fraud. People always complain about employees. You know, there's no good employees, blah, blah. And I just roll my eyes and I say, Step one, be someone worth working for in the first place. Like, like who would want to work for you? Like, look at you, you madman. Um, yeah. So I just want to thank you for your time, Sam. I'm so excited to, to get to know you guys better and to follow what you're doing. I mean, and for everybody listening, keep chopping the wood. And even before you chop the wood and you grind it out and you work on the systems and you keep the hope alive and the vision for your business, before you do that, like like Sam said, sharpen your ax, sharpen the ax, spend time on the minutia, do some time blocking. Like you're the boss, set a Tuesday aside to actually move your stuff into Jobber, to set up the systems, to figure it out, to watch a tutorial video. Do the stuff. You cannot skip it. There's no shortcut. You have to have the foundation, the organization. You got to have the data siloed the right way. You got to communicate with your customers. If you're not doing this stuff, stop, stop, stop the madness and go do it. And for everybody that's wondering, uh, the URL for Jobber, if they want to check it out or do or sign up for it, is getjobber.com. That's G-E-T-J-O-B-B-E-R.com, getjobber.com. Awesome company. I just can't believe, Sam, you're, you're well on your way to building a billion-dollar business, and it all started at a coffee shop, slinging some code, nerding out with Forrest. I think that is the coolest thing on the planet, man. Do you, do you, do you have any closing thoughts or inspirational nuggets of wisdom to take us out? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, really appreciate you having me on the, on, on the show. Um, and, and to listeners, people who, who own, you know, small home service businesses, um, keep grinding away. Um, you know, like I think that's, that's probably, that's the real inspiration is, is, you know, all the people out there who are, um, you know, building these businesses and creating jobs and, and delivering awesome service to, to their customers. Uh, we're just really happy to, to be able to, to, to have a small part in that. That's awesome. I always tell everybody, too, on the show to do hard things. My kids even have, all have T-shirts that I had made that says, do hard things. Uh, <laughs> it can be annoying to put some of this stuff in place for a minute, but the leverage and the time multiplier is unbelievable. The momentum you can create, it's un freaking 
believable. And by the way, I'm sure building this entire company from scratch from the coffee shop was totally easy, right, Sam? You didn't actually have to work hard. <laughs> you never were stressed out. There was never cash flow issues. You never had employees screw you over. It, you know, you know the quote: if you if you beat yourself up and work really hard for a decade, eventually you become an overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's. Uh... That is definitely, uh, that resonates. Awesome, <laughs> brother. Well, thank you, Sam, for your time. Have a great rest of your day, my friend. Thanks so much, Josh. You too. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.